are you doing second service on Time Change Sunday? <laughs> I'm telling you. There's a bunch of 930 people in the room this morning. Come on. But uh, welcome to the second service. This wonderful blend of those who normally attend and those who found themselves here. Well, I'm so excited about this morning. I see faces all over the room as well that I, I, I have not had a chance to meet some of you and look forward to the opportunity uh, to do that. I actually met a couple I never met before right before church, and I said, you've been coming to church for a while, and they're like, yeah, we wish you preached longer. It's like, like it's great, it's great to me. I get it. So I'm going long today, right? This is just, just to please these people that are loving our church. And hey, it's just so good. Uh, it's so good to be together, isn't it? I'm, I'm, let me tell you where we're going coming up in the next few weeks. Next week, we're beginning a brand new message series called Free, because we're going to hit on joy for a bit. Then we're going to hit on freedom, because it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. And I love that part of God's desire for you in spiritual maturity is joy. Also, part of his desire for you in spiritual maturity is a new level of freedom. And so we're going to talk about how do we get free of a lot of the things that trap us in hang-ups, in, in habits, and in our yesterdays, and how do we live free according to God's word. I'm just ready. I'm excited to go there. I'm excited about this series of messages. You're not going to want to miss it. Well, this morning, as Pastor Troy said, we're wrapping up this series on the book of Philippians, one chapter a week through the book of Philippians. This was, we had a great time in the first service, and I really believe that this, I've been praying for this morning, I believe God's just going to bring uh, a spirit of joy to the house. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, come on, this next level joy for you in the place this morning, this letter, if you're just joining us for week number four, is written by the Apostle Paul. Troy mentioned him in a, in a letter that he'd written to a church in Corinth. That's where we get uh, his instructions for communion to the church. But we also see him writing a lot. The majority of the New Testament are letters that he's writing to churches that he started. And this is a church he started about 10 years before writing this letter. Now, often when Paul's writing, he's writing to deal with issues in a church. Now that this issue has arose, here, church leaders, is how you go ahead and deal with this issue. Sometimes he's writing theology. Here's, here's who God is. Here's what he looks like. Here's his nature. Here's his character. But Philippians is not, is not those things. Philippians is Paul actually just wanting to mature this established church into deeper levels with their walk with God. And what's beautiful is he's really only got one theme he's trying to see them go deeper in, and it's the theme of joy. Sixteen times over four chapters, he's talking about joy. And I'm praying for you today that by the time you leave here, you will have a deeper encounter with God's joy for your life. Now, uh, have you ever noticed that joy and madness live pretty much next door? What I mean is that you can go from joy to madness like that, like walking to your neighbor's house, right? Or faster, <laughs> Maybe it's like those hotel rooms joined by a door. That's about it. Joy and madness. Live right next door. And if you, you know, here's a visual image of this. Have you ever been to Disney World or Disneyland? And you can see it in the parents. Because last year we went, we took a trip. We took our girls to one of the parks for the first time. And it was one of the highlights of my whole dad life. And it was also one of the toughest days of my whole dad life. Like joy and madness right beside one another. I don't, if you've ever been to Disney World or Disneyland, you'll know that essentially all it is is bubbles in the air. It's just like as you walk, you're just parting a sea of bubbles. Because Disney, uh, they've done some research on your children and discovered that if kids see another child with a bubble wand, 
they have to have that bubble one. I don't know what the research is in. And, and they don't just want to sell the kind where your kids have to dip it and blow in it. No, they want the electronic bubble one where all your materialistic, selfish children need to do is hold out the wand to spray other people in the face all day long. Now, I, secretly, I wanted one of these things. Nevertheless, we had spent about $8,000 to get into the park, and so we decided that we weren't going to buy one of these for our kids. We're like, just enjoy her bubbles, honey. Her bubbles are enough for you. Just let them... And all of a sudden, we're waiting uh, for the parade. It happens mid-afternoon. We're waiting for the parade to happen. This woman comes running over to us. She's holding out her bubble wand. And she's saying, take it, take it. And I'm thinking, what on earth? Like, is your wand on fire? What's happening? She's just yelling, take the wand. And I, like, again, as I said, I kind of want one of these things. And so I'm wanting to reach out to take the wand, but I'm also confused. And so I'm like, why do you want, what, is everything okay? She's like, you need to take the wand. It's ruining my family. It's ruining our lives. <laughs> See what had been joy for her and her daughter moments previously turned to madness when she could not get her daughter to turn off the bubble wand. Joy and madness live right next door. And here's why I want to bring that up. It's really important that we understand this because if joy and madness live next door, you can go from joy to madness in a moment, but you can also, come on somebody, walk into this place carrying heaviness and anxiety and depression and walk through the door. I mean, joy is right next door to you this morning. Come on, you're, not, you're, you're, you're closer than you think to a deeper level of joy in God today. And maybe you're here and you'd be like, Pastor, you don't know my story. If you knew how how long I've been walking through this, this issue and this challenge. And, and if you only knew my story, if you knew my situation, and honestly, if I could hear your, if we had time to just all share stories today, I probably would agree with you. As you told me your story that, yeah, I, I know there are people that I would look at you and I would say, honestly, I, I'm with you. I don't know how you could have joy in that moment. But what we know from this letter, and in fact, what I've experienced in my own life, walking through my own two-year depression in my own life, I know that the journey from madness to joy is not only possible, God wants to lead you to a house of joy. It's his desire to actually take you on that journey into deeper levels of joy. So how do we do this? What does Paul say? Paul writes to us and he says, the theme verse for this whole series in chapter four, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Come on, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Because Paul understands that the moment he says rejoice in God always, we're going to be like, come on, you can't be serious. Like, come on, Paul. I get, I'm going to, sometimes I'm there. Rejoice in the Lord more than you've been rejoicing. Come on, Paul, I, I could do that, but always, and so that's why he says, I'm going to have to say this again and again. Now understand, Paul, as he's writing this letter, he's writing this with a pen in this hand and this arm chained to another human being in a Roman prison. So joy and madness literally living right next door. And all of Paul's bad days are written down for us in the Bible. Shipwrecked three times. Five times whipped to within uh, heartbeats of his life being taken away. People are saying negative things about him. Paul has been through the worst of the worst, and yet he writes to us and says, Rejoice, come on, in the Lord, always. So here's something I want us to wrestle this morning. Are you okay if we just, you know, let's have some challenging thoughts. Are you ready for this? Is joy simply a choice? I mean, it seems that way from what Paul is saying. He's just like, rejoice in the Lord always. So essentially, do it. Just do it. Just rejoice, right? That's sort of what it seems like he's saying. But if that was the case, if it was that simple, don't you think we would all be experiencing a deeper level of celebration and joy on a constant basis, on the now and on the all the time? No, there's got to be a little bit more to it, right? 
Is it a little bit more complex than joy simply being a choice? I mean, if you've ever heard that preached, and I have, joy is a choice, <coughs> I'm kind of nodding my head along, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, especially if it's someone who's very sincere and that you know that they live with a high amount of joy. You're like, yeah, okay, I can buy into that, that joy is a choice. But, but is there more to the story? And I, Paul's actually going to tell us that there is this beautiful overlap of various elements that bring joy. Paul says this in verse 10. Let's follow it through together. He says, First of all, I rejoiced in the Lord. That sounds like a choice. I just did it. I rejoiced in the Lord. I made up my mind. I'm just going to choose joy greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I'm in. To be content. Isn't it interesting? In one thought, in one paragraph, Paul is laying out for us two very important aspects of joy. Number one, that joy is a choice. But number two, that joy is learned. That he had to learn something about contentment. He had to learn to take control of his emotions. He had to learn how to go from the place. This is important for us to understand. That joy for for Paul was not a talent. Paul was not born with a greater level of natural ability to be happy all the time. No, Paul's saying, there's some things that I actually had to learn. And come on, church, once we begin to learn these things, then we get to what? Choose them more often. Come on, somebody. So I'm going to learn some things about joy. How does God want to lead me through the door from madness back over to Joy House? What's God want to teach me in order to take that journey? And then once I'm there, how am I going to choose it more often? Well, you see a couple of things in the text this morning in chapter 4 that Paul says is going to help us learn how to walk with joy. And the first thing is that we can learn joy from gratitude. We can learn joy from gratitude. This is what he says in verse uh, number 6. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This is my mom's favorite verse in all the Bible. She She's told me this since I was a kid. She loves this verse so much. And it's interesting that there's still some things that I'd never really noticed before until doing the study for this series. And one of the things I never noticed before is, is the location of Thanksgiving in this, in this whole joy journey. See, here's what we think. We think that when we come to God in prayer, we ask God for something. And then secondly, we wait and see if God acts on that prayer. And then if he acts on that prayer, we get over to step number three, which is, well, we thank God for what he just did. Paul's saying it's actually not quite like that. You see, what happens is, I want you, church, to ask God for some things. And at the very moment that you're asking God for some things, I want you to thank him for it. In everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known. So the request is happening at the same time as the thanksgiving. Our daughter, Alencia, taught me a little bit about this a few weeks ago. I will do this gratitude with our girls every single night before we turn the lights out. I'll say, girls, what are you thankful for? And I'll start with our five-year-old because she's got some more complex thoughts and, uh, around what she's thankful for. I want our, our two-year-old to learn them. And so our five-year-old will start out saying, oh, I'm really thankful for our family. And I'm thankful for Alencia. And I'm thankful for baby Wyland, and I'm thankful for mommy, and of course, because she's daddy's girl, a little bit, the smile, she's like, she gets a little bit bigger, and she's like, oh, and I'm so thankful for daddy, and then I squeeze her, and I'm like, yeah, you're my daddy's girl. Well, then I'll kick it over to Alencia. Alencia's a little bit different. Alencia usually is just thankful for whatever she can see when I ask her. So, Alencia, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for my goggles. I'm thankful for my pajamas. I'm thankful for that book. I'm thankful for this bed. 
She's thankful for whatever's in front of her. But on this particular night, she surprised me with something. She said, I'm thankful for our dog. You got to understand, we don't have a dog. <laughs> we live next to a dog park where we see people walking dogs. We know Alencia wants a dog, but we don't have a dog. Are you ready for some deep theology from a two-year-old? Alencia is thankful for something she doesn't have yet, and she's not sure she's ever going to get. And Paul says, this is how, church, you ought to pray. God, I'm praying that you would provide for me. In fact, that interview I just had, I pray that would be the job. But I'm thankful that in all things, you're my provider. God, I'm praying that you would help me at school because there's some bullying going on and in my high school or in my junior high. And I don't really know how to deal with it. And it kind of hurts when I hear it spoken. But God, I thank you that who I am to you matters more to me than who I am to them. Come on, God, I thank you that even though my family's broken and there's some issues going on in our marriage and in our home right now, and God, I need you. I need some answers in this place, God, but thank you that you said that you would give me wisdom. Come on, without finding fault. God, I'm gonna place my thanksgiving at the same time as my request. Paul says, if you wanna learn joy, allow gratitude to pull your future joy into your present. This is so important because so often we just live life like someday we're going to be happy. Someday I'm going to have what I want. Someday the kids aren't, are going to sleep through the night. Someday the kids are going to pay their own bills. Someday uh, we're going to be retired and we're going to take some vacations. Our, our joy is always someday. It's always out there. And Paul says, you want to make it present. We'll start thanking God for what you don't even yet have. Come on, live grateful for what you don't even have yet. Come on, get some joy from a two-year-old. And I went, to, I went to see the girls between the services, and someone who had sat in the service and had somehow also been in kids, I don't understand how time travel happens amongst our teams, but listen, our dream team, if you want to time travel, join the dream team, because I just talked to someone after the first service that knew what I'd preached on and knew what happened in kids. And she came up to me and she said, Pastor Shane, you're never going to believe this. This morning we were in worship, and we said to the kids, what are you thankful for? And Alencia said, I'm thankful for my puppy. Ha <laughs> ha! She, I know. There's a, deeper, there's a deeper story there. I don't know. Can she, anyways. Come on, we learn joy from gratitude. I hope this is helpful for you. Listen, if you're not yet living in the, in the realm of joy that I'm talking about this morning, don't go home and beat yourself up and be like, oh, rejoice in the Lord always. Oh, I can't really do that. Oh. No, go home and be like, I'm learning joy. And where I'm learning joy, I'm, I'm going to put that. I'm going to choose it. And I'm, I see what God's called me to in spiritual maturity is this, God's always calling you to impossible things. Like don't fear and have joy all the time. So come on, it's out there in the future, but I gotta learn some things. I gotta learn gratitude. That's the first thing Paul talks about. The second thing he says is we gotta learn joy from perspective. We learn joy or we develop joy from having the mindset that God has a plan. Perspective. Can we just see and believe God has a plan? Paul's going to teach us that we get joy from this. He says, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever is honorable, whatever's just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And now there's a whole lot there, but I want to focus only on the first one. Paul says, finally, <coughs> brothers, whatever is true. I believe Paul is saying, 
what you know to be true about God, if you want to learn joy, think about what you know to be true of God. And so here's what we know. We know that God created the heavens and the earth, and he, he, made, he made it to be a place where he could uh, extend his love over us, and he could walk close to us and speak over us and love on us. He made a world where there was no disease, no sickness, no hurt. Nevertheless, sin comes into the world, and of course, because we turn our back on God, all these things run into the world, a broken world with sin and sickness, and pain and hurt. God didn't, though, turn his back on us. No, he reached towards us, sent his son to redeem and rescue us from our sins, and now he has gone to prepare a place for us so that we can once again live with him in this love relationship where God uh, brings us in for eternity to a place he says that he's gone to prepare for you. Come on, somebody. When you begin to perceive your value from this place, when you look at your future through that lens... We understand that a path to joy is simply reminding ourselves regularly that God has a plan. And it's not just in the broad, from the sky sense of salvation. That, of course, is the most important thing. It's also on the ground in our day-to-day walk that God has a plan for your life. If we don't understand why God made us, if we don't understand how he made us, and we're not living out a sense of purpose within that calling, we will allow our lives to be defined by whatever's going on around us. So all of a sudden, we become defined by the surface of our life. We become defined by our circumstances. When Paul's trying to teach us, hey, if we want to walk with joy, part of joy is knowing that God has a plan for your life. How? Because then all of a sudden, you realize that your purpose allows you to think bigger than your problems. So Paul, Paul's teaching us here. Come on, whatever is true. Come on, think about these things. Just a little bit over a week ago, we had our dream team party. And if you weren't there, or again, you're not a part of the dream team, time travel is one of the benefits. But a second one is the party. I'm telling you, the party. So many people saw the pictures on social media. And just a hardcore FOMO broke out in the church. And so and we thank God for the the bump in next steps that we're just going to see because you don't want to miss the year three party. Come on, it's going to be, we said in the first service, let's just make a bigger venue for the Dream Team party every year. Come on, just bigger and better every year. Well, one of the things we did at the party that was really, um, I think, significant was we asked people to write down, what are the highlights of your year? And serving and being a part of the team here at Resonate, what were some of the highlights that you experienced? And we had people fill out a lot of cards. And what I want to do just for the next couple minutes is I just want to read a few of these and the reason is I just want us to be reminded of our collective mission and purpose that we can continuously be celebrating in what we see God doing among us so I want to read a few of these cards off to you this person they wrote down a moment they said that they would want to relive from the year was that coming to a family that cared to know my name I love that I love that about our church I love that about the team. We, we say regularly, and I pray that you've experienced this here, that, that we want to see the whites of people's eyes. We want to take long enough to n- more than just have them feel like we, we notice them, but actually to feel like we can begin to see someone. I just, I mean, after the first service, I was just so proud of our teams. As, actually, I heard this story from last week that someone was walking by the church and they saw an arrow and they felt like God was just like, go that way. And the service was almost over, but they walked in and, and, and Three of our team met them and, and heard their story and were able to pray for them before they left. And, the, and this man, I got a chance to meet him right after the first service day. First time in church today. 
Just that's the heartbeat of our church. Come on. Those guys could have been talking to their friends. And there's, I love that. There's community and we do friendships. And of course we do that. But there was just, there's eyes on them that saw beyond the conversation they were in to see someone walk in. And there was something that said, hey, I'm going to go talk to that guy right there. Come on. Come into a family that cared to know my name. Let's do, let's do that like never before in year three. This person, they said what stood out to them was joining the team and not knowing anyone, but putting myself out there. And here's what's so cool about that to me. The thing that they were scared of became the highlight of their year in church. Come on, somebody. That thing that you think is a little bit too difficult and beyond your reach, come on, let's step up to it and see it become a highlight of your year in God. Number three, this, one, this person said, my baptism was the highlight. And I want to pause for just a second and promote our baptism Sunday coming up in two weeks on the 24th. Uh, I, um, baptism, if you don't know m- much about baptism, baptism doesn't save you. We're saved by grace alone through faith. So trusting in Jesus. But baptism is a commandment of scripture so that we can actually tell the world around us, hey, I have been saved. This is my declaration. And we just believe here at Resonate, that that baptisms should be a crazy party. Like, what you'll see on the external is someone being dunked in a hot tub and being brought back up and a whole bunch of people, like, screaming and cheering like they've lost their minds. But really what's going on is that someone is is publicly saying, God completely and radically saved me. And if you think, man, I, I just, I'm not sure I could... I know enough about it. Why don't you just check off on the Connect card, the box that says, I'm wanting to be baptized. Let us send you a video that explains a little bit more of it. In fact, I was reading in my devotions yesterday. The Bible says that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And when he came out, he heard the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And I'm believing for for some of you as you get baptized in two weeks that you're going to have that significant moment where you just you sense the affirmation and the affection and, and even more than that the adoption of God your father come on somebody it's gonna be amazing if you want to be baptized I'll remind you at the end of the service to check off that box on on the card well let's read some more this person said that their highlight was becoming a leader for the baby's room another person said that they gave uh, for the first time and, and the biggest gift that they've ever given in heart for the house and they said and God has truly shown up this person, their highlight was seeing their daughter step into her calling. This person said that their highlight was praying with the prayer team for a friend to find a job. And then they turned around and someone else from church was writing their info down and she had a job by Wednesday. Total God moment. Come on, somebody. Amazing. And this person said that their highlight was the Christmas service uh, where they saw hands go up for the call. What's amazing about that is that's a prophetic vision because we say eyes bowed and heads clo- uh, What is it? Heads bowed and eyes closed. And so clearly, that, like God gave them a prophetic vision of the hands going up in the room because we know they weren't peeking. We know that's a vision from God. Why do we share these things? Come on. There's, there's, there's joy and purpose. There's joy in the perspective, God, that you have a plan globally for my salvation. But he's also got a plan for you individually. And this is why we're so passionate about next steps here at Resonate Church. Not because we're trying to get you to serve us, but we want to be able to serve you so that you know why God made you and you can see the uniqueness of you. And rather than thinking, oh, I wish I was like somebody else, you could actually rejoice in knowing that God made you the way he made you and put a gift on your life that was to build this community for his glory and his name. And so I pray that that we would continue to, number one, grow in 
in our ability to learn joy from gratitude, but also from perspective. So how does Paul put a bow on this? It goes on in verse 9, and I like this, but he says, now, you're learning about joy, so what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, so, so those practical things that you've been learning about joy, come on, you've seen them in people, you're in a community, you look around you, you see, you see people doing these things, now what do you got to do? Well, just practice these things. Put them in the calendar. Maybe for you it's going to be gratitude with your kids at night or gratitude just for you at night. Or maybe for you, here's another one that, that I think you could practice. To actually put in your calendar a reminder for on your way to work and just put this one on repeat and do, just do this for a while until, until you get tired of it. Just, just set a reminder on your way to work that goes off and says, finish this sentence. Today I get to. Today I get to go to church, be with friends and family, worship God. Today I get to pray for a miracle in someone else's life. Today I get to notice somebody. Today I get to be the answer to a problem I didn't even think I was the answer to. Today I get to rise up and try again in my marriage. Today I get to open my heart wider to God than I've opened my heart to Him before. Today I get to teach my kids a little bit more about God. Today I get to be present with those people that are around me. Today I get to go to a workplace where there's a whole bunch of people that need hope. Today I get to. Paul's like, whatever you've learned, these ideas around gratitude, well, put them in the calendar and practice them. But then then he brings it to the place where we actually need to bring it to. And he closes out verse 9 and says, Hey, what, what you've learned and received and heard and seen and me practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. See, joy is not your habits, although we need to practice. Joy is not the absence of sadness. Joy is the presence of the God of peace. So what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to learn joy. And we're going to choose joy, right? I see some of y'all, I see, I, see, I see some curling around the lip area upwards for some of y'all. We're going to choose it, right? Got to learn it. Got to choose it. But even more than we just choose it, it's just being in the presence of God where actually you can't help but experience joy in the presence of the God of peace. And so, Father, we thank you that this was your design for us. Come on, church. Why don't we stand all over the room? Because we're going to lean into this. And we're going to worship together in just a moment. But let's begin to lean in. Maybe just with your own words, just begin to say, God, today I get to, today I get to choose joy. In the midst of broken circumstances and hopeless situations, today I get to choose joy. Today I get to worship you with more abandon than I have in the past. God, today I, I want to see you more than I've seen you in the past. Today I get to be, uh, today I get to be in community with friends and family. Today we get to, God, I pray, Lord, that even above all of these practices of joy in our heart, God, today we get to be in the presence of the God of peace. 
thank you that this was your plan to lead us into joy. Thank you, God, that your plan for spiritual maturity is, is growing and developing and sustaining joy within us. We lead into you, God, into your presence. I walk now through the 
decision but today you're like man the, the God who promises joy listen for that alone I'm like you might not even know more than that today but you would say I believe that if God could send his only son to take away my sins if he pursued me though I didn't pursue him I want to know that God if that's you in the room this morning either as a first time decision or as a return to God if today you would say pastor would you include me in that prayer a closing prayer of surrendering my life in faith to Jesus Christ Today, make a decision to become a Christian. If that's you in this room today, either for the first time or you're returning to God today, would you just slip your hand up? I want to see your hand before we pray for you in this place. Thank you, God. We won't center you out or embarrass you in any way. We're just going to pray. This is a moment between you and God. It's amazing to see people with hands up in the room today. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to pray together. Come on, Resonate family. Let's, let's really lean in as we pray this prayer out. And if you raised your hand or maybe you didn't, but today that's your decision, would you pray this with me? And just simply saying, Jesus, I believe in you, and I give you my whole heart. I believe that you died and rose again, so I could be forgiven, free, and live in joy. And I choose to follow you. I make you number one in my life. Thank you for saving me. I trust you alone. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, Resonate. Can we put our hands together like, come on. 